0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Over at we are your one-stop shop for sports betting news and information. Lots of great stuff over there. I've started writing up some of our college football bowl game previews. We'll preview every bowl game for you all the way through the national championship game so you can check that out over at the website. Daily NHL from Parker Michaels, Daily College Basketball and NBA stuff. NFL, obviously, on a weekly basis. Situational betting articles in the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and I'll do one here for the bowl season as well. So tons and tons of stuff going on over at the website, where once again, we are your one-stop shop for sports betting news and information. Finally, as you know, this and every edition of Bang the Book Radio, presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. Btb the number two hundred is that promo code, hundred percent deposit match bonus for the sportsbook, hundred percent deposit match bonus for the live casino at Betdsi. It's only a game until you bet it. Couple guests on the program here today, and we start with Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. Brian, how's it going today, man?
0: So I just want to hear your reaction. So you're telling me we're not talking baseball season win totals?
1: Oh God. So those came out over at PointsBet in New Jersey and Iowa here this morning. Uh, Season win totals, pennant futures, also division futures. The winter meetings are going on in San Diego right now. Steven Strasburg just got signed. Garrett Cole's probably going to be signed in the next couple of days. It's way too damn early to start talking about win totals. But, you know, we we talk about this all the time here on the show, man. Every one of these leagues is a a 365-day-a-year thing in the betting world now.
0: Well, buddy, I'm telling you that I think one of the really cool things in the way I think you've got to approach sports betting is, you know, that's ridiculous, but we're always in look-ahead mode. So like a quick example, uh, watching the Saints game Sunday, and, like, second score of the game, and Peyton goes for two. And I told Chuck Esposito, we're over at Sunset Station, and and I said, and I bet the Saints, minus two. I looked right at I said, I hope I lose. I said, I hope they lose the game. Baby, but why would you do that? Why, why would you? Is it arrogance? I, 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 why would you do that? So at the end of the game, of course, they're chasing that point the whole game. And they go to, for two to make it a three-point game. Brees can't throw a pick six. They'll lose the game. So the two-point play was a disaster. And San Fran goes down and kicks the field goal. And wins the game. So by at that moment, looking ahead, it cost him that game. It probably cost him home field advantage in the playoffs. And then, oh, by the way, uh, maybe a team that actually benefits from that stupid decision is down the road. Tennessee's got to play New Orleans. And New Orleans' fate could be determined by that point, And New Orleans could be resting, guys. All because of one stupid decision. But when you do, when you're talking the sports betting, you take whatever the, the, that moment is. But what impact does it have coming up for you down the road? And one one goofy little thing could impact four different things you're thinking about in terms of betting. Yeah, that was
1: a strange game in general. You know, I mean, you kind of look at those two teams, and San Francisco's doing this now. They're outscoring the opposition. Their defense has slacked off a little bit. I think like the fact that they had that buy so long ago a big reason why the defensive effort just isn't quite there anymore. I was on New Orleans in a contest context this week, had them minus the two and a half. Obviously that one doesn't get to the window, but that's the thing now, you know, San Francisco is a different team than they were earlier on in the season. And that buy is very important for them to try and get one of those top two spots because they can give that defense a blow and the offense all of a sudden kind of firing on all cylinders. So, you know, maybe that game does wind up helping San Francisco quite a bit down the line. As well as far as the rest of the NFL Sunday, Brian, anything else that stood out to you here in Week 14?
0: Well, I mean, just back to that New Orleans thing for one second. Don't don't sleep on this. Now, the the combination was a heck of a lot different. I think it was Tampa Bay to Cincinnati, but San Fran didn't go home after the Baltimore game. So there's really something to be said here. I'll bleed it in, into something we're going to talk about when we get to hockey. There's something about when a team is on the road and that bonding thing and the focus. And when we get to hockey, we're going to talk about all these teams now, quality teams, coming home from long road trips. And that first game home is just a brutal game to play. When you're on the road, okay, yeah, I mean, boys will be boys. Maybe go out to a bar a couple of nights, or, you know, they go out to have pizza and wings and watch games. But they're bonding together. But that when you come home, it's not just hockey or football. Now you bring family and duties and all these other things uh, into the equation. Uh, boy I'll tell you man when these, when these teams especially football teams when they go on a road and spend a week together it works
1: yeah it sure seems to it definitely worked here for San Francisco and again that's something that we kind of look at sometimes in terms of the London games or just you know these teams that play back-to-back games a long way from home It it has been you know a pretty good angle for those teams that do wind up staying either out west or out east and you know for San Francisco too I mean You know, San Francisco is nice most of the year, but Florida is not a bad place to be in December, you know? So if you've got an East Coast team going West, it gets to hang out for a week, stay away from the cold and the gray and the dreariness and all that. Maybe that is something that winds up helping some of these teams uh, during what is a very long season. You know, I know that we only think about the NFL as 16 games over 17 weeks and this and that, but it's a grueling sport to play. Obviously, these guys are all in pain every single day. You know, the, the idea of not having to get cramped on a plane and travel, just kind of hang out somewhere, stretch out in that king-size bed, it, it makes a lot of sense, really, when you think about it.
0: Yeah, it really does, bud. And then, you know, I, I think you look at just how the playing field shifted and all of a sudden these races have heated up. The The Rams have righted the ship. Is it too late? Uh, I, I, I will tell you this. I, I think there's a sneaky play. Um, I, I – I'm going to do it, too. I, I think Minnesota has a real opportunity to make some noise in the postseason. It's all about, you know, San Fran's been terrific this year. And, and the Saints, I think, uh, obviously, uh, are, are, are really good. But I think this Minnesota team, with the running game they have with Cook and Madison, and all of a sudden, Thielen is about to come back. So now Diggs has gotten it done, you know, and they were able to get by. But if you've got Diggs and Thielen and then Rudolph is just a monster in the middle, I I think Minnesota's a team can go on a run here. And the division's still in play for them. And I'm talking playing Minnesota as a wild card team. I don't think Minnesota's scared by anybody. So I, I would I would take a peek at Minnesota if you were looking for a And val- I hate value. There's no value in ripping up a ticket. But I I think Minnesota is an overlay just based on where they are today and talk to me in three weeks.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea. You know, I mean, this is a team, too, that's lost five of its last six against the spread. And, you know, so many people in this business, when you talk about spreads, lines, futures odds, stuff like that, it is kind of a what have you done for me lately type of thing. And the fact that they've underperformed expectations by not covering five of their last six you know, it probably does lend itself to some value out there. They probably are mispriced to a degree. I think Mike Zimmer's a very, very good head coach. Like you mentioned, they are starting to get healthy. Uh, they've played quite a few road games here of late as well, and maybe a little bit of a tough spot going back out west again, taking on the Chargers here this week after
0: playing Seattle a couple well, of weeks I, ago. I got news. If, they don't, if they can't beat the Chargers, then I'm an idiot for even thinking of making the bet. But you know, so then it's the Chargers, and then they're sitting there hosting the Packers, and the division's still in play. And then we'll see what the Bears' status is at the end. But again, I mean, it's like you know, try to see the forest through the trees. You break their schedule down, and Thielen's been gone since what week six. But their their losses are two road division losses uh, early in the season to the Packers and the Bears, and then they lose by a field goal at Kansas City and lose by a touchdown at Seattle. Is there any great disgrace in any of those? I I just think this is a team conceivably that's about to get healthy and maybe go on a run that's under the radar. Eh, You know, I could be nuts, but that's what I'm looking at.
1: I mean, just to play devil's advocate real quickly, that Kansas City game was with Matt Moore and not Patrick Mahomes, but that's a game that they gave away. I mean, they had control of that game. They gave that game away, and – you know, who knows? Maybe it winds up looming large here in the playoff picture where they are still a game behind Green Bay, but obviously still have that head-to-head meeting. One other one I want to talk about here, just want to get your take on, because I actually didn't watch any of the NFL this weekend. I was out of town for the weekend. Uh, the ba- the Baltimore-Buffalo game, and we will talk about the Bills and their matchup against the Steelers here this weekend in a couple of minutes, but I know you and I were talking before the show, and you did have some thoughts on on how that game played out for both of those teams.
0: Well, I think... The Bills beat themselves, and you know they did a better job on Lamar Jackson than I think anybody has in you know the majority of the season. Uh, And they had one breakdown; they had the long touchdown pass to Hearst. That defense has them in every game, but Buffalo had their chances. Allen had a day where he wasn't overly accurate, but they were the Ravens were blitzing him. Uh, To me, it's on the Bills coaching staff for not making adjustments to you know quick swing passes, whatever, and. Allen was a crash test dummy. One of the problems with the Bills, this was a problem I I mentioned a year ago at the beginning of the season about the Cowboys. I said, unless Elliott runs the ball in, this is last year, unless Elliott runs the ball in, Dallas is not going to be able to score in a red zone because they have diminutive wide receivers. Well, in the back third of the season, they got Cooper, and that all changed. Buffalo's got small wide receivers. So at the end of the game, when they had to put it in the end zone, uh, other than a tight end, Dawson Knox, they have no big wide receivers. And in the red zone, the majority of Buffalo's touchdowns is Allen running it in. So at the end, they had their chances. I thought their clock management was bad at the end of the game. And there were openings down the field, about four or five chances. But because they're small wide receivers, Adam, Allen had a you know 40-yard pass, has to literally drop it in like a feather on the dime. Uh, but if it's a big wide receiver, the guy can go up and make the play. So I think that's one of the things personnel-wise that hurt Buffalo. But they're dangerous. They're still dangerous. And then, you know, Singletary's running up and down the field, and they get the turnover they need in a short field, and they put Frank Gore in. It's like, who makes this stuff up? You know, three and out punt. It's like, I don't know. All these teams do such ridiculous things during the course of games. (laughs) You know, it, it drives you nuts.
1: Yeah, it really does. Absolutely does. And, and as we transition here to taking a look at week 15, and by the way, I can't believe it's week 15 already here in the NFL, but Thursday night, Jets and Baltimore. And you've got a Baltimore team here laying 15. There are some 14 and a halfs out there, uh, reduced juice on those. But a big number here on Thursday night football. I, I got to say, man, as much as I don't like the Jets and as much as that game against the Dolphins was a complete mess, Tons of red zone opportunities. Neither team can score a touchdown in that game. I cannot take Baltimore here. I mean, This is a massive number in a not great spot. It's a team that they're not going to be up to play.
0: Well, I mean, listen, the Jets have won four or five, albeit they're not pretty. But I think there are better better games on the card, but I'm with you. I'm not laying that kind of number here. Baltimore, you think of the gauntlet, uh, that they just ran. Uh, they beat the Bills on the road, not an easy place to win, and they were pushed. San Fran took them to the wire. That was a game who's going to get the ball last. And then they murdered the Rams, who've turned into a good team. They murdered the Texans. Uh, now, all of a sudden, Baltimore, that you be careful, because you'll want all the games you need to win. Uh, they beat the Patriots. They control their own destiny. But stay focused here, because you got the Jets, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh uh, on the back end. Now we'll see what Pittsburgh motivation is uh, and the need for Pittsburgh in that last game of the year. But you know, could that could you imagine Baltimore Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's playing to get in and Baltimore's playing for home field advantage? Uh, don't take the Jets lightly. You know, get in there and, and do what you gotta do.
1: Well, and as we take a look here, there have been six teams. I just ran this over on the killersports.com database six teams here since the start of 2015 that have been a 10 or more point favorite on Thursday Night Football amazingly enough they're five and one against the spread so small sample size here to be sure but you know obviously what we're kind of looking at here is that the better team generally winds up taking care of business here five and one against the spread in those six meetings so maybe Baltimore is kind of the side here just because of the fact they are clearly the better team and if you've got a favorite of this magnitude on a short week, you obviously have a big disparity between the two teams. But the problem for Baltimore here is it's not this game in a vacuum. It's the games that they've played leading up to this game. They put a lot into that game you know, against Houston with the blowout win. A lot, eight days later, going on the road to Los Angeles. Blew them out. Then a couple physical games against San Francisco and Buffalo. You got the Cleveland game on deck, a revenge spot for them. Then Pittsburgh. After that, where you know the number one seed probably hanging in the balance those last two weeks. That's the worry for me. I know Baltimore's far and away head, shoulders, knees, and toes the better team, but the spot because of who they've recently played makes this just so tough to take. Them.
0: No, there's there's no doubt, and I there are probably six or seven games on the card where we have you know things of this ilk. But not the short work week, but motivation becomes a big thing, and how the playing field has changed for so many. Um, Real quick, the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game. You know, here's the Bills. uh, Had an opportunity, uh, showed a lot of fight, didn't kick the door down, had the chance to tie the game, get it to overtime when they were pushed around most of the game, come up short. But Buffalo, had they won that game and then it, it was all about putting pressure on New England, sure enough, KC beat New England, Buffalo would have controlled their own destiny to be the one seed. Now, the difference, all of a sudden, you're playing Pittsburgh this week if they lose to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh jumps over Buffalo as the 5 seed. So the the amazing, you know, impact that one game has from week to week. That in your wildest dreams, Adam, would if I had told if I had told you in July that in week 15, the game of the week was going to be Houston and Tennessee, what would you have said to me?
1: Oh yeah, I I wouldn't have believed you at all. I mean, it's it, it's been crazy and, and we can go ahead and talk about that Buffalo Pittsburgh game cuz Again, obviously a lot going on here with this one. You mentioned this about the Bills. When they get that big spotlight game, that chance to show something, you know, it's a different kind of feel. It's a different kind of atmosphere. Pittsburgh almost always in these primetime spots over the course of the year. Maybe not with Duck Hodges at quarterback, but, you know, a team that's accustomed to that big spotlight. Their pass rush is dangerous and deadly. It's been great for them on defense. Josh Allen certainly mobile enough to evade the rush if he gets that opportunity. Pittsburgh, though, only a one-and-a-half to a two-and-a-half-point favorite out there in the market, depending on where you look. Are you surprised at the implication or the uh, insinuation, I guess I should say, that Buffalo would be favored on a neutral here?
0: Well, it's up to two-and-a-half, Pittsburgh. That thing's steaming towards three. I, um, You know, I think it's a, Pittsburgh's a public team. Let's start with that. I, I don't think it's an unfair statement. I do believe... Buffalo's the better football team and Pittsburgh's had injuries all year long. I think Mike Tomlin has to be in the discussion for coach of the year, what he's done with this group. And I give them full marks. We talked last week in a podcast that so look out, man, Pittsburgh, that was a trap game for them in Arizona. Uh, although it was one, one of the biggest home home games for a road team I've ever seen. Uh, that was insane that Steelers fans took over that place in Arizona. But I, and sometimes i think a loss can be a good thing like you know the the thanksgiving thing was kind of a free roll for the bills at a conference game um it, but i think i think buffalo even though they lost to baltimore they're kicking themselves going oh everybody's talking about quote unquote baltimore is at the moment playing the best football in the nfl and the, the bills blew, you know blew the game beat themselves in in many respects i i think you can turn that into a positive but the one thing that's really different, uh, there's pressure now on the Bills. Uh, they're like, wait a minute. We, we, we were on cruise control, and the division's still in play. Uh, if, if, if Buffalo wins this game, the AFC East is still in play. Because let me tell you something, bud. The, the, the odds that New England's going to lose to Cincinnati or Miami is minuscule. But this New England thing, Brady, Belichick, is great as they are, and maybe they dial something up for the playoffs, and it's all about that defense has been really good. But, Adam, the last month, the only way New England can get the ball into the end zone is with a trick play. Yeah, That offense for New England is broke.
1: It's, it's a real bad look. I mean, they can't run the football at all. Teams are kind of daring Brady to beat them, and he hasn't been able to do it. They miss Gronk a ton. I mean, you know, we've all seen the splits with and without Gronk. They miss him. They miss that guy in the middle of the field that takes a safety away. They miss that guy that could stretch the field, open things up for some of those crossing routes to the possession guys. They don't have that anymore, and, and it well, shows. It's and, funny. And it's, you, it's a problem.
0: It's funny you brought that up, and I, I hadn't even thought of this. And you know who cares? But I, I don't know if it's vindication, but I, I fought the fight out here, uh, and I know I've mentioned this when you and I've been doing stuff together now, what four or five years, and. But, I mean, literally, for his entire career, uh, I would talk to the odds makers and, no, 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 you know, quarterbacks, skill position guys uh, in their heyday. Moss and uh, Terrell Owens, maybe, were worth a point and a half to the spread if they weren't going to be in. And I I swear to you, I said, "The, the, the player other than a quarterback, I've been saying this for a decade, that had the most, should have had the most impact on the wagering line, and it was never factored in. I thought Rob Gronkowski was worth a field goal. I mean, seriously, I thought he was worth three points to the wagering line because in the red zone, they were unstoppable. And everybody, because if Gronkowski was there and three guys are focused on him and he'd still score, but everybody else is running around with single coverage. This guy's absence is now proven the point.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd, we prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I get it in the end zone.
1: No, they can't. And, and I mean, this is a team, you, you know, you kind of think about it like, and obviously we've gotten way away from the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game here, but just real quickly, with New England, I mean, you look at the schedule that they've played. You look at the quarterbacks they've played. And one of my winners last week was the Chiefs looking at it saying, They're not going to have the same kind of takeaway success against a guy like Patrick Mahomes. They haven't done it the last few weeks facing, you know, guys like Dak Prescott, you know, facing guys like Lamar Jackson. They're not getting that same takeaway success. And if you make them drive the field, they are not going to do it. They they went into that game last week, number one in the NFL, in average starting field position, and 15th in points per drive.
0: They cannot drive the field. Give them credit, right? I mean, because whatever it takes, they find a way. But if you further dissect a gravy schedule they played, they won at Buffalo 16-10. They won the game because they blocked a punt for a touchdown. They beat the Cowboys 13-9. They won that game because they blocked a punt and got the ball at about the 10-yard line. Uh, and then they, they blocked a punt, I believe, in the Chiefs game as well. So, I mean – and that's the only way because they got short fields for po- for instant mashed potatoes in those three games because of a blocked punt. Defense and special teams, you know, I I think them and Green Bay, you know, you look at them, wow, those records, they're, they they got to be great teams. I, I, you know, I'm not doing cartwheels about either one of those teams regardless of their record.
1: All right, speaking of, of teams that the Patriots have recently played, the Houston Texans, you know, they beat them with Deshaun Watson and, you know, again, facing a legitimate quarterback has been a problem for New England here so far this season. Houston last week, I'm so upset with myself because that was your quintessential letdown spot. You know, playing a Denver team, it's still playing hard with a good defense, a first-year quarterback in Drew Locke trying to make a name for himself, trying to get some playing time for next year. Houston comes out completely flat in the first half. They are nowhere near covering that number of nine they didn't even win the game outright what do they do here to bounce back this week in a massive game in the afc south against the tennessee titans where the titans are a field goal home favorite
0: well you know doing stuff yesterday morning there were two numbers and i don't it's not often in the nfl you say there were bad numbers and there were two i thought yesterday and sure enough the steam well the steam rolls on uh, this was the total in the Houston-Tennessee games, open 47-and-a-half. It's up to 50 in a lot of places. And Houston, uh, they can go up and down the field. They've got the weapons, although we'll see what Fuller's status is, and he is important to them. But Tennessee, it, it's ridiculous offensively. Uh, with And, you know, identifying it early and getting on the front end of this, uh, that's how you make money doing this stuff. And it, it was readily apparent about five weeks ago, this Tennessee thing's a different animal because the play calling is insane to me. If if they just gave the ball to Derrick Henry, the amount of times that I'm sure he'd want the ball, but sometimes the play just you're like, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, Henry would be up by 500 yards in terms of leading the league in rushing. This guy's a beast. So now teams are putting, you know, the eight in the box to stop Henry and Tannehill's going over the top and making plays with his feet. Then when they play a base defense, Henry's getting 7 yards a rush. I mean, this Tennessee offense is it's scary what they're doing right now. I you know, I, you know whether we'll see uh, what the deal's going to be this weekend, but to me, you know, this Tennessee's a dead under team with Mariota and the minute Tannehill came in, you know, this team's playing breakneck football.
1: And I think that there's something to all of this from a psychological standpoint to it. And maybe we don't, you know, focus on this enough, especially with all the metrics that are out there. And, you know, the metrics obviously support that Tannehill uh, and the Titans offense playing very, very well since they made that change. Uh, Looks like the weather, by the way, on Sunday, 20 percent chance of rain. Not too bad. We'll see if wind winds up being a factor in Nashville. But you know, psychologically speaking, and we kind of see this a little bit with Pittsburgh, you know, going from Mason Rudolph to Duck Hodges with Tennessee you have to try you have to do everything you can to see if Marcus Mariota is your guy because you spent you know that second overall pick on him you had to give him every chance in the world to be that dude they gave him a lot of chances and they found out that he wasn't that guy and the Titans you know players are smart you know these guys aren't stupid they know hey we're trying to force feed this because we want to try and justify that pick they go to Tannehill switch flips everything completely different for this team there's something psychological to that that allows these teams to go on these runs and go on these streaks and have more belief think about it last week or two weeks ago I should say Colts game tied on the road 17-17 midway through the fourth quarter if you've got Mariota you're a Titans player wondering how do we find a way to score how do we find a way to win this game with Tannehill 14 points you win 31-17 go on to the next week, travel cross-country, and still blow out Oakland. So Tennessee is a team kind of on a different level right now from a psychological, from a confidence standpoint. And as somebody who is a largely stats and metrics-based handicapper across all the sports, it's a gray area for me because you can't quantify it, but you know it has an impact, and we're seeing it play out here with Tennessee.
0: No, I mean, honestly, again, you know, the intangibles are such big things, and and you know, metrics and analytics and power ratings. These are, you know, obviously massive parts of what you're doing. But but sometimes you just you just got to say, wait a minute, just it's right in front of your face, man. It's keep it simple, stupid. This, this is a bad spot, and I, I probably over the course of time you know you're going to be right a lot more than you're going to be wrong just saying no that's just a bad spot i don't care what the number says um, and, and i i would say to, to you i thought the total on that on that game was ridiculously low and yesterday morning again if you're going to do well doing this stuff you know it, it's sometimes it's as much when you bet as, opposed, as as well as you know who you're betting but when you bet them and yesterday morning i'm sitting there doing stuff and I'm like, Oakland, are you kidding me? Oakland yesterday morning was 6, and I was doing a, a different thing, and I said, listen, I, they're not a doubt in my mind. This game's getting to 7, but I, I, I'm almost convinced the closer we get to the weekend, I think this game goes through 7, and you don't see that a lot. I think this game gets up to seven and a half, eight. Would Oakland host in Jacksonville. I mean, Marone could be fired before they get there. He's a dead man walking. They're a disorganized, uh, undisciplined lot that's run for the bus. You know, yeah. Can they, you know, can the Raiders do something stupid, turn the ball over in their own, and all of a sudden it becomes a football game? You bet. But how do you not take into account it's the last game ever in Oakland, and literally, uh both teams are going to want to get the hell out of there. As soon as that, they're going to be sprinting to the locker room as they start tearing the stadium apart. I mean, you know, Gruden is – they're not going to quit on Gruden. They've already quit on this guy. How is this how is this number not higher to begin with? you still got time. There's still six and a half out there because I think it closes seven and a half, eight.
1: Well, speaking of coaches, we transition over to the NHL side of things here for a few minutes. And some breaking news right before the show, that Dallas fired head coach Jim Montgomery and – Information starting to come out a little bit on Twitter saying that, you know, Dallas, according to one source, really had no choice in the matter. There was really nothing that they could do. They had to make this change based on whatever it is that Montgomery did. But Dallas is in action tonight, taking on the New Jersey Devils, who are absolutely awful in their own right. Just fired their head coach uh, for performance reasons, not for anything else, not that long ago. What do you do here with the NHL right now where you've got you know, a lot of things going on here with these coaches where a lot of things coming to light with assistants, head coaches as well. You, know, you sort of wonder about some of these teams because, you know, the NHL, uh, you know, having been a hockey player, knowing sort of the camaraderie that goes on in that locker room, uh, you know, it is one of those sports where it is very chemistry-based. You do kind of get into a lot of rhythms, a lot of routines, stuff like that. A lot of things upsetting the apple carts for these teams right now.
0: Well, You know, when the Peters thing happened and then it bled out and then the Mark Crawford thing come out, and you're you're sitting there going, there's a Pandora's box that has been opened. And it it was just a question of how many more are there going to be? And here comes, you know, winning, winning, you would think, uh, you know, solves a lot of problems. But this is a Dallas team that's sitting there playing terrific hockey they're they're in first first place they're the top wild card uh they're 17 11 and three there's just so many more that are gonna come it, it's just it's obvious that and i you know buddy i i you know this a bizarre topic it's it, it, immediately the minute anybody is accused now they're guilty now peters did what he did uh the Crawford thing, again, it's an era. It's it's eons ago, and there are two camps. And I'm talking about listening to old hockey players. Going, well, that's just the way it was. Um, but you're paying for the sins of the past, you know, in an era where we are now. Now, again, if it's if it's over the top and egregious, um, sure, th- you should pay for that. But I just think that th- there are coaches that aren't sleeping at night <laughs> all around the NHL because. Former players, guys that got cut, thought a coach gave them the short end of the stick. You know, these things are just going to keep coming and coming and coming and coming. It's uh, and now the league's putting in a hotline for players to call in. And I boy, I'll tell you, you know, watch this thing for the next couple of years.
1: Well, a Dallas team here that was 16, four and two in their last 22 games. They got off to a slow start, much like they did last year. Kind of some people coming out, sort of questioning the medal of the team. And once again, that winds up working. They go on a nice run. Again, speaks to the streaky nature of the NHL and and really the NBA, too. Uh, But, you know, teams start playing well, and they continue playing well for a sustained period of time until something else comes up. And, you know, we'll see what this winds up being uh, for Jim Montgomery, who, of course, was hired from uh, University of Denver. Uh, prior to last season, so you
0: know, oh, good. Wait, do you, uh, you? God only knows, and and we don't know what it is that's been going on. I it I, and it's it, I it'd be speculative, but I wonder if what he did was was something all the way back to college.
1: I don't know. I who knows? I, I guess everything will kind of come to light and, here. And
0: believe me, that's a different animal, right? A, a college right. coach holding scholarships over guys' heads and. And, you know, oh, by the way, you know, the the guys you're you're trying to uh, motivate, maybe in, in bizarre ways to do it, but, you know, but you're looking at college kids that aren't making, uh, you know, more than you are looking at you going, <laughs> I got news for you. They get rid of you before they get rid of me. That's the era we're living in now.
1: Well, we'll see what happens here with this situation. But as far as the NHL card for tonight goes, Brian, I believe there's what, 12 or 13 games on the board here. So a very, very busy card For this Tuesday night, Uh, as we mentioned, we just talked about New Jersey and Dallas, a line that I would presume maybe goes down a little bit here, although New Jersey a very tough team to bet right now. Anything that you are taking a look at here in the NHL this evening?
0: Uh, Yeah, there were a couple of games. Uh, Tampa got smoked by the Islanders last night. Something ain't right with Tampa. They still got a lot of games in hand on everybody. And over the long haul, you know, you say they should be okay. But I'm telling you, every year, like Vegas, Vegas, no, Vegas, uh, Calgary just jumped by them and went into third in the Pacific. And everybody out here is like, yeah, they should be okay. And well, you know, Ed- Edmonton and Arizona got better. And other teams have gotten better. So it's hard to flip a switch in this league. Uh, back-to-back nights, I-, I think I like the over 6.5 in the game. I think you'll see uh, a lot of game- uh, goals there. And then, you know, when Toronto goes on the road anywhere – They've got raucous fan support. But specifically, when Toronto goes on the road in Canadian cities, um, you know, believe me, uh, Vancouver celebrating their 50th year. The same thing goes on in Buffalo, where a third of the uh, Sabres uh, season ticket holders are from southern Ontario. And they're Sabres fans, except when the Leafs come to town, because they grew up with, with the Leafs. And the atmosphere will be nuts in Toronto, in Vancouver tonight when Toronto plays there. And I think that's a game goes up and down the ice, too, like the over in that game.
1: Real quickly, I don't think we have any of these games here tonight. Make sure you keep an eye on my situational betting article over at bangthebook.com. But I do want to give you a chance to expand quickly here on something you mentioned earlier on in the show where you know these teams in that first game back off a road trip are, are just, it's printing money to fade them.
0: Well, and I will tell you that you've got to be adaptable and, and try to learn. And I'm telling you, I got a new one, Adam, and, and that's, I think when teams are going off on the road, and I, I would put the minimum caveat on it of four, if they're going on the road for that gauntlet trip, you know, every team has two or three of them a year. The first game on a, on a long road trip, teams are so invested in getting the trip off to a good start that their play on, on the first game of a long road trip, and then the home run of all home runs are teams coming home from, let's say, a minimum four-game road trip. Uh, you fade the home team. I, it, this has gone on. I mean, we had the one where uh, three weeks ago where uh, Florida rallied from four down and beat Boston in the third period. Had a great road trip, and they came home. And I think it was the day we did the podcast. I said the best bet on the card is Winnipeg plus a dollar fifty, And Winnipeg beat them the first game home. Vegas has played three Eastern road trips and come home and got killed in all three games. Colorado beat them 6-1. Chicago beat them 5-3. They had a, you know, semi-successful at five points out of six on an Eastern road trip in New York City. Come home. The Rangers, with revenge, oh, by the way, the Rangers starting a road trip, beat Vegas 5-0. Washington went on a four-game Western road swing and went unbeaten. They come home, and Columbus takes them to the woodshed. I love hockey. <laughs> I'll say, man, these situational things are just, it's an 82-game grind. And the goalie's the great equalizer, but there are just situations. It doesn't matter who the teams are. In turn, insert Team X and Team Y. Just look at the situation and just bet the situation because it it, it holds true like 75 80% of the time.
1: Situational betting, very important across all sports. And we'll finish up this segment here talking about golf because there's kind of a situational angle that you're looking at here for the President's Cup. Uh, First, explain what's going on here with the President's Cup, what the format is like, and then talk about what it is that you're looking to do from a betting
0: standpoint. Well, it's akin to the Ryder Cup. It's a match play, and it brings different guys into the equation, guys that are really good golfers that don't win golf tournaments because they have one or two or three brutal holes you know take a double or a triple bogey and shoot themselves out of winning the golf tournament but they're great golfers in match play you have the bad hole big deal walk to the next tee I lost a hole and you find guys that can flag hunt and are guys that are birdie machines and great putters because match play uh you know some guy could hit it like Matsuyama would be a prime example he's on the international team Matsuyama's is probably going to have whoever he's playing, Matsuyama probably be you know, putting from the 8- you know, to 15-foot range the majority of the time, and the guy he's playing against is going to be putting from the 15- to 25-foot range, and the other guy's a great putter. He's going to pour him in, and Matsuyama can't knock him down. So th- those are things you look at, and but I do believe there's a real opportunity, I would think, uh, this thing gets underway uh, Wednesday night. So it's Thursday in Australia. The American team, the majority of these guys just played in that Hero Challenge thing. In fact, we were talking about the tournament last week. That and we mentioned Henrik Stenson. He's Henrik Stenson could be a great play because he's not getting on the plane and looking ahead to the Presidents Cup. He was there to win a million bucks, and he did. All those guys, the majority of the guys on the American team, hopped on a plane, and oh by the way, the plane was delayed. They had problems, and then they flew 26 hours uh, to get over to Australia. And they were getting massages and treatment on the plane. And Tiger Woods said, "Well, we got to spend 26 hours together in a tin can. Well, maybe that's good for bonding. I don't know. But the international team's been over there practicing, and these guys just had a 26-hour flight a day and a half ago. I'd I'd be absolutely the matchups come out tomorrow uh, at 4 p.m. In day one, I would be. And you know, depends what the matchups are, but don't sleep on underdog prices." I, I think the international team gets off to a great start while the Americans are still jet lagged to the moon.
1: What I'm seeing here, plus 270 on the international side, minus 360 on the U.S. That's at five dimes. But make sure you look wherever in your jurisdiction to find odds here for the President's Cup. Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. How can people check out those two shows there, Brian?
0: Uh, noon to two Pacific time, KSHP.com. Uh, I'll put out the show links on my Twitter account, at Brian Blessing. We'll be doing videos for you as well at Bang the Book. And um, it's it's amazing. We've made week 15 of the NFL. And I'm assuming next week we'll start diving into it when you, you're already looking at baseball season win totals. But again, I think you got to take the intangible stuff into account. We'll get into it next week, bowl season. What conferences are good? Who wants to be there? What star players aren't going to play? I mean, bowl season's a different animal, too. Now, Adam, there's so much between the line stuff uh, that you have to take into account in sports betting in all facets of this stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There definitely is. And, and make sure you check out those two shows with Brian again, kshp.com, at Brian Blessing on Twitter. And he's got some free pick videos coming our way for us over on our Bang the Book YouTube page, so make sure you keep an eye out for those. Brian, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll talk to you again next week.
0: Always enjoy it, Adam. Have a good week, bud. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20%
1: below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.